nothing kills a process faster than the hiring manager not knowing what they want. What do you need to be successful in hiring? How do we get to the goal? And that's the kind of nice thing when you're in hyper growth. How do we respond to the shifts in the world in our own hiring? Talent acquisitions definitely become more like talent partnership. We don't need 50 the same person. We need each person to add something different. Recruiting success isn't how many people you can go find. It's how many people you can go find and attract. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Good, good. How are you doing? Good, good. I thought for the listeners, it'd be really great to to jump into your journey at Contentful. You know, what you've been doing at Contentful and how that's evolved over time. Um, and we can start that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I've been with Contentful for, uh, for two and a half years. Um, I joined here um, at the time when we were probably about uh, 350, 400 employees. Um, and the intent at the time was um, how do we build this this hiring machine? Um, we probably, we had about seven ish people in recruiting at the time. Um, and so, uh, my goal was, um, uh, how do we scale, uh, if we wanted to double our revenue, double our company size, uh, or even triple it, what, what do you need to be successful? And so that was my role was, um, build that team, start that process, scale it, um, and so I did that for a better part of uh, a nearly two, year and a half, two years. Um, but it got to a point where, uh, which has always been part of the conversation, was uh, as you scale, you need to operationalize. Um, uh, recruiting success isn't how many people you can go find. It's how many people you can go find and attract. Um, what's the story you're telling? How do people see you um, as a company, as a brand? Um, uh, and... And then is everyone talking the same story? Do they know how to hire? Uh, do they know what, what good looks like? Um, and a lot of these things, when you're scaling, you kind of ignore. So uh, not ignore, but but it's the, the bigger priority is how do you just source more people? Just go find people and let's hire them. Um, so when we hit a certain point where uh, roughly about seven, 700 hires later in two years, um, uh, we got to a point where it's like, well, if we're going to keep doing it this way. How do we get better at it from a recruiting perspective? Um, and so I shifted my role into recruiting operations, uh, and enablement to lead, uh, build a new team from scratch, um, that owned, we already had some operational pieces and some training branding pieces, but, uh, hopefully a lot of people can relate to this, but in the early stages, Everyone does it in their B time, like, hey, recruiter or hey, recruiting manager, um, can you manage Glassdoor on the side? Uh, or, hey, can you update our LinkedIn profile or, or let's think about interview training? Uh, and these are all things that recruiters will do in their B time. As you scale or you look at larger companies, they have entire departments that are just recruiting market um, or recruiting support. So uh, my goal was how do I start building that group that helps us hire better, faster, smarter, train better, faster, smarter interviewers, um, and start creating best practices globally at scale. Um, and so that's my role today is, uh, I'm the head of our, of Contentful's, uh, recruiting operations, uh, enablement and programs team. Awesome. And was that a very like obvious solution to the challenges you were facing or what led you to say, right now is the time to stop moving from you know, the recruitment team doing this in their B time, as you put it, to actually dedicating and building a, a full function. 
Was there kind of a light bulb moment? Was there something specific in the data that that, that made you do that? Yeah, um, for me personally, it was a, it was a few things, um, and we got to a point where, uh, I mean, hopefully people can relate to this too. I mean, at the end of the day, I was dealing more with data and operations anyway. Uh, I think because as a tech company, um, our the nice thing is our leadership was kind of accustomed to the whole idea of um, being data minded, and so that was kind of my role from day one was what's your funnel metrics, what's your, what's our capacity. Um, but that was kind of a question all the time was what do you need to be successful in hiring? How do we get to the goal? And that's a kind of nice thing when you're in hyper growth, which at the time, yeah, at the beginning of COVID, uh, we were lucky to still be in a in a product space that was COVID friendly. Like we we are we are head of CMS. We digitizing help enterprise companies build content on the internet on their websites. And there was a time when everyone had to figure out how to go digital if you weren't already or get better at it. So we were still in hyper growth. Um, uh, I was we're probably digging this later, but um, that's the challenge is the last two, two, three years, it's been like very quick shifts in the economy and, and, and hiring. And so um, we're a lot of, we slowed down during COVID, we sped up, but then there's been, you know, the, the, the war, the economy, politics, and and uh, the great resignations. So things are shifted up and down. But as these things were happening, it just made it more apparent that um, how do we respond to the shifts in the world in our own hiring? When do we speed up, slow down? Uh, when is it a focus on go to market? When is it a focus on tech? When is it a focus on both? Um, and I ended up spending more time dealing with operational capacity reporting. That uh, um, I was spending less time uh, speaking about our strategy and our our executive communication, so it was very clear when you realize there needs to be more of me. There's be, there, there's multiple roles here that need to be solved for. So that was one indicator that we need to make a shift. Um, but as you, in the early days when you start building that capacity plan, the first question you always get is how many careers do you need to solve this problem today? Um, and uh, and I think I said at the time 14 and, uh, going from seven plus 14, um, and, uh, and the business was shocked. Like the, the numbers theoretically made sense, but it's like, wait, you want to hire 14 people tomorrow? Uh, but, uh, and so often early started to ask you to, to hire slowly, spread that out. Like any other department, spread out your hiring, ramp up, uh, build your capacity, um, and so you get to a certain point where you've hired the team and then you got to kind of prove your worth and then hire more. And so in between the the rounds of growing the recruiting team, the, the talent acquisition team, and in the next round, the question was, okay, do we double this team again? Or do we pause for a moment and figure out how can we hire better? Um, and, uh, and it was clear that from our numbers, we were just spending a lot of time sourcing, um, uh, and trying to go find people versus people coming to us. And so what's that, uh, balance look like, uh, on top of also internal promotions, referrals, like what's our, what's our sourcing mix, ideal sourcing mix. Um, and the only way to get there was everything that wasn't sourced needed effort behind it to attract people, build internal referral campaigns, um, do a bit of more marketing branding. Um, uh, and so that, 
so it all kind of came organically at some point you just feel like wow we're doing too much or we're spending too much time doing one thing uh where we could be doing it better or we have all these people how can we get them from one hire two hires a month to three or four or five um uh, and that's in the tech world i know other spaces some people make like you know uh supply chain for example or manufacturing you get like 15 20 hires in a week but for us in the tech space you know two engineering hires a month per recruiter is a good thing yeah but can it be better definitely absolutely and you touched upon something just earlier and i think the world is very aware of what's happened over the last kind of 24 months with covid you know the post-covid boom uh, this really hot market that we've had and then running into you know this war in ukraine political unrest you know the great resignation you know a potential recession on that horizon which is causing leaders to have to you know, analyze their current situation, maybe change the way they're working and switch from this hyper growth mode to a more conservative you know, way of working. Um, I guess, how are you approaching you know, the current uncertainty in the market or the current changes in pace? Um, and what are you doing with your town team? How are you looking at things? Yeah, um, I think this is uh, maybe not something new, but at the same time, we've, we've doubled, tripled down on it. Um, in the sense, I mean, the quick context is, so we talked about us going to hyper growth. We were going to hyper growth pre COVID. That's why I got hired. Um, uh, funny side, funny side comment is, uh, um, uh, I got hired pre COVID. Um, but my first day was the first week of lockdown in San Francisco. Um, and I actually wasn't sure if I had a job the week before we started because everything was shutting down. Um, but, uh, but so we, so two and a half years ago, we, we put the brakes on, slowed down. I still started, figured out a month, a month or two in, how are we going to keep growing? How are we going to grow? Here's our original plan. Here's our, it, uh, oh crap plan. If nothing is good, what are we going to do? How are we going to scale back? Um, and, and luckily we, we grew. So that was that story. Um, and so we were. It was nice for us. We, 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 we rode that for over, over a year where, especially in Europe, we're almost the only company hiring in the tech space. Um, so we, uh, we sped up the hyper growth train and just kept going and going and going and just hired hundreds of people. Um, and then this last year, uh, the all of a sudden remote work flexibility, what do people want? Um, and so we were definitely, uh, I don't say the word victim, but, but great, the great resignation definitely hit us. Um, most of our tech was located in Berlin. And so, uh, the question about, uh, and up until that point, half of the people we hired, we, we, um, helped bring into Germany, uh, on the tech side and then on the sales side and the go to market and everywhere else, uh, we were fairly, uh, we try to gear towards San Francisco or Denver. So for the most part, we try to, we try to be as hub based as possible. We very quickly in the non-tech space went to a remote friendly hybrid model, but it took us a while to get there on the tech space because we had so many people co-locate in one area. Um, and so I think that's some of the motivation for the great resignation uh, is people's choice, flexibility, timing. It definitely hit us where um, we had more gaps than we expected um, over time. So that's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but at the same time, it's, it was the reality of the world. So uh, the answer to that was the great 
what people some call the great resignation, others call the great rehire. Um, and so we just went to rehire mode, and uh, uh, we're still in this hyper growth space. Uh, so let's just hire more. Uh, let's backfill everybody. But I think within the same, so a hyper great resignation is what uh, end of last year uh, during the holidays, beginning of this year, um, and then at the same time the Ukraine war started, um, and so it was. Uh, it, it created a bunch of variables in hiring in Europe. Where do we hire? How do we hire? Um, who do we support? Are people relocating? Uh, uh, do some people want to work from home? Some people want to get get away and work from somewhere else that the, that gives them the flexibility and and space they need to do their best work. Um, but still, we had a lot of rehiring to do, and then also now the recession's coming, partially because of the war, and now companies are laying off, slowing down. So we're not laying off, but it created this weird concept of how do we play smart and slow the business down slightly? Um, because not as many people are spending money uh -huh. uh, on new products or SaaS products or renewals or upgrades. Um, and so if the world's business is slowing down, how do we slow down hiring? But how do you slow down hiring when you just lost a core group of people who probably have been with their company for two to five years. So we lost a lot of strong players at the same time slowing down. So that's kind of our issue right now is publicly and to the company, like how do we show the company we're confident with who we have, that we're being smarter about the economy, our business practice, slow down hiring, yet we still need to backfill um, a good chunk of people. So that's the balance of playing right now from an operation capacity and planning standpoint is how do we still hire a lot quickly yet slow down future head growth, uh, headcount growth to a certain degree. We still want to grow, but not as aggressively. So to answer your question, uh, to circle back around, uh, the answer really is, uh, which is not necessarily new, but it reinforces the idea that recruiting our, our partners. Um, uh, for a while, in a way, it almost felt like, hey, Jane and Joe, I got 20 more roles for you. Keep going, keep going, keep going. So-and-so just quit. That department has a hole. We're, we're redefining that role. Keep going, keep going. We're, there were still partners in the recruiting practice, but in a way, they were fairly transactional and reactive. Uh, we're still, uh, we still got a lot to do. And, uh, from the resignation and, and, and headcount we need but it's definitely more of a conversation now of well if you had three people quit and you have and you had five roles uh, for for your plan for us of the year so that's eight roles total you got to hire but we're going to scale back your five net new and you got you got three to backfill and now you only have four roles or five roles would, would you redefine them how would you redefine them how would you requalify them what are you looking for um, and, uh, and you know, that's normally like an HR BP or, uh, or a executive level conversation, um, recruiting is always stuck in the middle. So that's our job right now is, is being in the middle. How do we help facilitate these conversations or ask the right questions on what role do you need? Is that the role that you want? Uh, what are you actually hiring for? Uh, what are you trying to solve for? And then we build that into our profile on, on 
who are we hiring and try to solve multiple things at the same time. But uh, so talent acquisitions definitely become more like talent partnership um, for us anyway, over the last couple couple months. Talentful provides flexible recruiting solutions to the world's most ambitious companies. Are you thinking about ways to add flexibility to your talent function? With recent market volatility and hiring set to return to growth mode in the near future, there's never been a better time to choose the right partner to help you scale. Talentful's embedded sourcing, recruiting, coordination, and talent advisory services have been trusted by the world's leading brands. Companies such as Atlassian, Microsoft, Expedia, Pinterest, Waymo, and more. Whether you're hiring across engineering, go-to-market, or GNA, Talentful has got you covered. To find out how Talentful can help you, visit talentful.com. And is that, have you had to retrain or empower the recruiters or the people in your team in a different way? Because that maybe, I'm assuming, isn't something they've got a lot of experience doing, a deep partnership, or maybe looking at you know, future headcount and talking about you know, priorities and in, in, in depth um, and really pushing back on, on that future growth. How have you made sure that your team uh, can have that impact and can be effective in doing that? Yeah, uh, there's a few things. There's a few things on the process side that we've done uh, that we've, we've been building towards anyway. That, uh, to be honest, that preparations paid off. Uh, I like to say, but then there's so that's one half that I'll dig into briefly, and then the other half is is really just that senior level partnership, um, uh, which plays into the first part, which is as we were scaling and growing rapidly, we knew that we we're going to add a bunch of new managers. Um, there's a bunch of managers already here. There are going to be new managers who are promoted into the role as we grow. And so we very quickly said, we need an interview training. We need, we need a baseline on our values, why we do this, what we hire for, how to, how to figure out, um, what skill and performance and success look like in a candidate. How does that translate to what we want as a company? Um, and so we built this, uh, this interview training that every hiring manager and interviewer uh, needs to go through. Um, and so that's been kind of our baseline. Then we up leveled that with, uh, that we're, we're starting to pilot today is more of a, um, what's a hired champion? Some companies call that culture ambassador, values ambassador, uh, other companies call it a bar raiser. But the, um, we're starting to start thinking about today, what with each hire, how does that hire add to the team, elevate the team, uh, provide something they didn't have before versus just the status quo. I mean, that's where hiring is going today is, is, uh, we don't need 50, the same person. We need each person to add something different. Um, and, and every person does add something different, but at the same time, what are we doing to purposely upskill the team, the department and the company with each hire? Um, so that's what we're doing right now, but th both those things aren't successful if we don't have executive partnership um, and, and the tools and resources to do it. So we're building the training, we're building uh, documents to help hiring managers uh, kick off a role called, we call it an ICP, Ideal Candidate Profile, which kind of maps out what are the competencies you're trying to solve for? What's, what skill gaps are you trying to solve for? Uh, it's almost like a job description, but a mini version that's bullet pointed. And then that builds your interview panel. And so going into every hire, 
there's a there's a blueprint already for what that hire looks like and what you're trying to solve for and the interview plan before you kick it off. So there's more prep time up front to launch a role, but there's less uh, starting over um, as you go into the recruit. And that's probably every recruiter and every talent acquisition's biggest gripe is that um, nothing kills a process faster than uh, the hiring manager not knowing what they want and then starting over some, somewhere in the middle. So uh, I'm not perfect, but that's we try to avoid that. Uh, so we have the planning doc. Uh, we, we have um, process instruction around what's an intake meeting look like um uh what does uh what does the interview panel look like what's the debrief look like is there a presentation or a skills assessment um and we'll look at uh tools or process to help us along the way depending on the role so um but again going back to number two without the executive support none of this would work it needs to be top down that they're the ones supporting us in uh yes we want interview training uh, yes, we want um, this this up level skill role, um, and uh, and they also own their budget, their roles, and their relationships, um, and so they're the ones who really help us drive um, uh, the adoption amongst all the hiring managers. But we're lucky though, because I think if anything, uh, hiring managers and interviewers know the more people they can add to the team, the less stress or work they have. That's, that's a very typical startup kind of mentality. And so we're lucky right now that pretty much everyone's bought in mostly. Like I would say 95%. Um, people ask us, what do you need from me, the hiring manager, for you to be successful to help me build my team? So um, so we've been lucky there and hopefully we can keep that attitude within awesome. the company. And I know that a lot of talent leaders and leaders in general were caught on the back foot you know, post-COVID because the world went, you know, into lockdown. For a lot of companies, you know, obviously on your side, it didn't happen, but um, their hiring got cut, their budgets got slashed. Um, and then there was a very sharp, like V, V-shaped rebounds. Um, and the market was incredibly hot, com- incredibly competitive. There was the great re- resignation thrown in the mix. And perhaps people didn't have their team set up correctly, didn't have their processes set up correctly to deal with that. Now we're going through a period of time now that which feels kind of similar that you know, lots of companies are making layoffs, they're slowing down, they've maybe laid off their recruitment functions. Um, what are you doing to make sure you're in the best position you know, once things you know, return to normal or increase in speed? Um, are there any kind of metrics that you're looking out for that will give you an indication as to whether you need to step on the gas again? Or are you doing anything right now that's preparing you for hyper growth again? How are you thinking about that? Yeah, uh, I mean, I look at that question as two-sided. One is the business side and one is the recruiting side um, or our or talent function side, where from from an indicator or data point of view, really it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's revenue growth, um, uh, lead generation. And so we, uh, we actually work really closely with uh, as you scale, I think every department needs an ops function at some point. Like, are we doing good? What's our metrics? Who's tracking it? Um, and so the nice advantage we have at Contentful is almost, and most companies should at some point, is every department um, also has their own kind of ops function. So we 
we play a very we have a close partnership with uh revenue ops sales ops uh uh the the tech program management pmo office and their ops group uh, and we have an internal strategy team and, and basically the, the and this the customer service team and and so there's a bunch of indicators of what's our customer satisfaction score what's our retention what's our revenue um that that we know through experience over time there's there's uh waterfall effects as things get better or slower or worse um there'll be repercussions more leads will lead to more sales which will lead to more customers will lead to more customer service which means all those things need roles um so we can kind of take a slight indicator well we don't do all that math at the end of the day uh we know the indicators but the people who really do the math is the finance team the the forecasting team so um we probably spend more hours than we should and i have ever done in the past working with our fpna team to understand their headcount process their revenue their outlook for and they'll modify the outlook every month so we'll, we'll get a good health check are you adding more roles are you are you removing roles it's gotten to a point now where it used to be that every five point I've been in is your head, your salary budget and your recruiting plans based on how many roles you have. And so what they'll do is if we're downsizing, I'm going to take 10 roles away. Um, and these are the 10 roles I'm going to take away, or we're growing and we need, we're behind in customer service. I'm going to go add those four, five roles. Um, uh, this is just any, a good example of how the world's gone up and down, up and down, up and down over the last two years is we've basically for the moment stopped saying, Hey, minus those five roles and, uh, cut that customer service manager, cut that engineer, add that engineering manager, remove that recruiter, add that coordinator. And then the sum of that is your plan. What we've done now is basically said, Hey, where the market is today, um, just hire 10 less or where the market is tomorrow. Uh, Hey, sales add five roles um but we're now being very unspecific on which roles to cut and which roles to add and so now it's just this like overarching outlook like hey your goal is to get your department to 40 people you're at 30 today whatever 10 roles that is go figure it out um so that's how we're kind of operating today which is it's hard when you're not specific bottoms up but it helps when the goal is you put more power on the recruiter and the and the department to say go hire what you need when you need it versus um when you get to a certain point versus i'm stuck in this box of just these roles and i gotta go fight to change that role into this role so um that's the indicator that's helped us on one side um on the uh so fpna's metric is, is basically a health indicator for how we think our business is going to run on the recruiting side, um, it's hiring volume, number of recruiters, average hires per recruiter, kind of a, that's kind of your capacity plan um, and our bandwidth. And so we're constantly figure, looking at almost every month, if not every, every quarter, of every month, what is our current capacity? Um, what is our current uh, um, uh, bandwidth and how much we have available? And usually we're, we're right on par. But the challenge we have right now is, um, if we're not, uh, how do we um, have other roles, other projects, other? So that's really, to be honest, the point of my group is, how do we um, have include the recruiters and other projects to help us out with marketing, um, 
uh, attraction, content creation. Um, and so that's what we're working on now is, is making there's always a B plan for our entire recruiting staff. And, and I guess what advice would you give and to other leaders right now that are, you know, thinking about, you know, this and says, maybe there's been changes in pace and they're thinking about what to do next. Um, how should they, what would be a useful way of them getting to a decision on the right thing to do in your experience? That's a hard yeah. question. Um, because I think right now there, there really is no right thing to do. I think the only thing you can do is, um, by, by us creating the kind of B projects, the goal was how do we make sure we don't lay anybody off? And sometimes you get to a certain point in the company where you don't have a choice, you know, and then it's not even your decision. The company needs to do a reduction in workforce and you're not hiring. But for us, even if we slow down, the, the key, the goal for us is, well, at least where we are today, how do we, we're going to bounce back at some point, or there's always going to be some kind of change in how talent come in and out. And are we ready for that for the future? How do we build efficiencies? And I think that the the risk that most companies do with laying off their talent team is at some point you got to restart that engine. And that's the hardest thing you could do is, is stopping an engine and restarting it. So our goal is how do we maintain the engine while at the same time building better efficiencies and processes so when we do restart it or how do we slow down but when we do speed up, uh, we know exactly how to do it, where to go, uh, where to attract people and no, and no one has any question about how do I get to the finish line. Um, so that's really my advice right now is if there's a way to do it, how do you repurpose your team to be talent partners, HR partners, people partners, um, and expand their skills beyond just sourcing, recruiting, hiring? How do you become marketers, salespeople, uh, advisors to the business, um, trainers, learning experience designers, uh, content creators, and let's just uh, create as much buzz about the company as possible up until the point where you start needing more talent. Um, and if anything, like how do you do the networking model? How do you build a a pipeline of people for the future? Because I think everyone right now in the world understands if you say, I'm not hiring, but I want to get to know you, then that's a positive thing in the community today where it's like, great, then I have a bucket of people I can connect with when I'm ready to go saying, I've been working on meeting these people for the last six, 12 months, um, you've gotten to know me, you've gotten to know my company. I have a role I think you're perfect for. And it, it it's even more attractive later than it is today. So I think that's the goal right now is you can recycle your team to do B projects or other efficiencies and build pipeline. Um, that's where I think we're, we're going to find awesome. our success. And then the last question, Tony, and this is something I ask everyone is what are you most excited about for the future of time acquisition? Um, so it's a good question. Uh, I would say, um, in the years I've been doing this, I mean, not quite, I started recruiting, uh, it wasn't retail first, but, uh, and, and hospitality for a long, long time ago. And, and I started recruiting, not quite the fax machine days, but at the same time, um, every office in my, uh, company, uh, field office had a fax machine and we'd get faxes at least every, every week. Uh, but back then it was also the monster.com days, hot jobs, um, dice.com. And, and the only way you could get a new job was to apply, um, and apply a lot and check the newspaper and facts. And people used to show up in our office saying, I'm looking for a job in a full suit, um, to, uh, 
today, most of those job boards don't exist anymore. Um, any job board successful now that I've seen has been a combination of a newsletter, content, and they have a niche um, uh, to some degree. And today it's more about social media. What What's your brand presence? What content do you create? I feel like every job applicant needs to know what SEO means now so that they can rank first in that um, in the applicant list when someone searches for the skill set. So now we go find the skill versus you applying for it. I mean, applying is still there. 20% of our hiring at least is still inbound applicants. But at the same time, uh, after you apply, who can refer me? Who do I know at that company? What does that company do? Can I get an in? I know that I'm probably one of maybe hundreds. So how do I stand out in that applicant pool? And that's who you know. Um, and then fast forward to today, that's how things have evolved. But in the middle of that, there's artificial intelligence and machine learning. And how, how does machines go find and surface the right candidates for you? But that kind of goes back to, well, if machines are looking, if machines are going to tell me who's the right fit, um, they, they, got, they, they need something to search. They can't just search thin air. So that means either your work portfolio, password, content created, your resume, your LinkedIn, your GitHub, your whatever, like your your Facebook, your Twitter, like your online presence and everything you've ever said builds a profile to tell me what it was. And I remember about, I would say eight years ago, five, eight years ago, that was the biggest thing in talent acquisition is machines are going to take over the world. They're going to replace recruiters. Um, they didn't, but it's, it's here today. And then very quickly, we also shifted into, well, great. And machines, are machines hurting or helping the diversity problem? And that's definitely the conversation today about what are diverse teams? What's equality? What's uh, inclusion? How do you build diversity into your uh, your practice as a company we're looking at? You know, what is our comp philosophy? What's our, uh, and what's our, is our pay transparency? And so I think fast forward all of that, what I'm looking forward to and where I think the future of recruiting and talent acquisition and, and talent in general is um, a combination of everything that's come before it, which is how do you go from people knocking on your door to now you have to go knock on their door to how do you just have yourself out there in the cyberspace? Uh, I feel like my grandparents, the cyberspace or like the Facebook. Uh, but how do you get yourself out there so that you're discovered and what's discovering you? Is it a human or a machine? But then uh, what do you care about? Now it's no longer about your skills, but also it's almost like applying for college in a way. What's your extracurricular activities? Did you do soccer, football, math club, whatever? Like that's kind of what is happening now is um, what do you care about? And does the, care, the company care about the same thing as you? And that's more, I'm finding that that's what's exciting me now is less sub, it's still about skills. If I need a JavaScript developer, I still need that skill set. But now the question is, do you care about digital content? Do you care about whales? Do you care about curing cancer? You know, and like, and, and does that company mission kind of fall in with what you want to do and why you want to do it? And is the company flexible with how you want to do that work? So, so that's the future of acquisition is how do we start searching for people and how do people discover roles? How do you start creating job descriptions? and talent profiles and company pages that aren't just about here's a technical stack and here's what I'm building. Here's why now it's going to be here's why we exist and here's how we want to do the get that work done. And so 
how and why you want to work is going to be as important now as the skills you have. And I think uh, if anything, a lot of companies today are starting to hire more on behavior and values match than they are about skills can be taught. Why you want and how you want to do it is a personal preference. And so people are starting to match more on how do we work well together versus can you do the job? Um, if anything, if I think any company, uh, my parting thought would be um, everyone's made that hire. If I found the perfect person on paper, they have all the skills and they ended up being the worst hire I've ever had. Um, and so, uh, and that's where the world's shifting. But what does that look like in a hiring practice, in a tool, and a a CV or resume? Like, uh, I don't know what that's going to look like in the future, but um, uh but I'm excited for it because it's going to be a different way to hire. Absolutely. And I've definitely made more hires where I've taken a chance because of the behaviors and the values that have turned out to be incredible hires. Um, so you're absolutely right. Well, thanks a lot, Tony. I mean, I really value the transparency. I think that everyone watching and listening will take a huge amount from this conversation. Um, so thanks a lot and catch you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it.